1: Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Damaris Lewis, Sports Illustrated model, is joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. You have great personality; you can hear it in your voice. Would you date an NBA player? I'm open to anything, but it's,
2: respect, old school, civilry. Like I listen to Sinatra in the morning. You need to accept
0: that. <laughs> so I <laughs> hear you're, you're single then. <laughs> With your host,
1: Callie Anderson, dropped it now behind his head. Sekou Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. Our next guest should have been our. First guest, Isaiah Thomas. How do you think you would play in today's NBA <laughs> with the rules the way they are?
3: Be honest. Uh average 40. <laughs>
1: we would win a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's our main man, Roderick Turner from the Los Angeles Times. Hey Q, can I say this first? <laughs> you know you stopped covering the Lakers when Rick Fox played, I had hair. They wore me out. Now it's time for the tip-off. <laughs> Sweet music, dun, 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 University dun, dun, of Michigan dun, dun, fight song.
0: Dun, 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 <laughs> sorry, buddy.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: Rick. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll give you. I'll give you the stage. Only week. one
1: team representing in the Final Four this week. My team, University of Michigan Wolverines. Sekou Smith from the Hang Time at NBA. dot com coming to you live. Lang Whitaker in New York. Rick Fox in L. A. Fellas, what's happening? It's good thing you got congratulations, guys man. Thank you, man. It's yeah, good thing you don't play an
3: SEC team. <laughs> yeah, we,
1: <laughs> we already did that. We, we stroked him by twenty. You might, you he might have heard about it. If you ain't a gator, you just gator bait. Well, didn't work out for the gators that time. Yeah, uh, but let's talk. Let's talk about um,
0: the chances of the Wolverines going forward, seeing as Jim, you know, Jim Beheim. Yeah, two
1: three zones or whatever and all that. Yeah, that's yeah that's you know. guys. Yeah, what I mean, and I know he's he's owned our coach. He's owned John Belen in their head to head matchups over the years. But, but you know, Michigan,
3: Michigan seems like they have a really good outside shooting team, right? Yeah, so, I mean,
1: we got a solid team. We're young. Against but the zone,
3: they should be all right. We,
1: we'll be fine. And we we, got, and we, to me, we got the guy, the one guy that I've watched, and I'm biased, of course, but the one guy who looks to me like he's head and shoulders at his position in the college game. Um, McGarry? You know, no, I'm talking about Trey Burke, son. <laughs> and, and he's going to have his hands full with Michael Carter Williams from Syracuse, so it should be interesting. Yeah. I'm just glad the Final Four is here. I'm going down to the practices on Friday. Um, You know, I'm going to pawn a kid and go to the game on Saturday. And then if everything goes well, pawn another kid and go to the game on Monday. And, uh, you know, watch my boys clip the nets. Clip them down. So it's going to be good, man. It's a very, very good thing. If you remember, guys, we had Smitty on here during the regular season. And he was talking noise. And I was trying to get him to admit the truth that Michigan was the superior basketball team in the state of Michigan this year. He didn't want to admit it. So shout out to Steve Smith of NBA TV, and you probably saw him on the March Madness coverage um, on all the networks. I have not been able to locate Smitty the last uh, few days. He is <laughs> literally going into hiding. Um, but if you all hear, hear from him or see him, just let him know. I said go blue. I
0: saw him. I saw him the night of the Michigan-Kansas uh, game. <laughs> yes. They were all in studio over there. And he, needless to say, his reaction to the young kid uh, from Kansas, that, that uh, the guard that didn't take the shot at the end and pass it up and kick it out, he was angry. And I said to him, I said, Smitty, does that have anything to do with the fact that they're playing Michigan? Is he rooting for Kansas? He was like, no, 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 not at all, no.
3: Yeah, right. Not
0: defensive, but I said, I could tell he, did, he just did not want Michigan going no, forward. vote. no.
3: I don't know if you guys saw, you know, there's a, uh, the, the writer Nate Silver from the New York Times. He's the, he does the analytics. He's the one who predicted yes. with certainty that Obama was going to win the last two elections. He right. nailed them 100%. He, he released today uh, the, the odds for the final four, for mm-hmm. his, his odds he put together. He's got Louisville at a 55% chance of winning the, the final four, Michigan at 21%, mm-hmm. Syracuse at 19%,
1: and Wichita State at 4%. Ouch. Well, here's. So you got a one in five chance. Yes. Here's hoping Nate Silver is wrong for once in his life. Um, you, got
3: a, you got
0: a one in five chance, and there's only four teams playing.
1: <laughs>
0: I said Something North Atlanta right. High
1: School math working for Lang right there. You got to love it. Hey, Rick, you were at Shaq's retirement, Jersey retirement ceremony at Staples Center, man. I was. Looked like a fabulous night at Staples with all the stars coming out. Phil Jackson, Jerry West, you know, Jeannie Bus, the big fella. How was it, man? What was the atmosphere like in there in person cuz it looked great on TV?
0: It was it was electric. Uh back to, you know, what I remembered when Shaq, you know, held court. It was his sta- it was his stage for, you know, for 8 years and you know, the celebrities came out, uh the usual and regular loyal ones were there and actually Shaq paid, you know, tribute to them. Uh, Phil Jackson was his first time he he even said, I saw I got to talk to him beforehand. First time he'd been in the arena this year. I heard the we want Phil chance. That couldn't
1: have gone over well.
0: The the, the we want Phil chance (laughs) came out. You know, Shaq hadn't started speaking. They would have went on for a while. Uh, You know, what? I'm sure probably made him, a little uncomfortable. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It looked
0: like it did. It did a little bit, you know. And cuz he, look, he's a coach and he, he he's I'm sure his issues aren't with Mike D'Antoni at, at that point. Um but yeah, as as regards to, in regards to Shaq, I thought he I thought he did an amazing job when you think about how that speech will be carried on for years and how he not only, you know, showed his appreciation but delivered in performance and entertainment value again as he he's so consistently does and we can count on and uh and it seems to be growing into that position maybe through his work with TNT yeah. he's just becoming uh, more and more gregarious and and playful and yet you know graceful and eloquent about eloquent about it and so I I just happy to see him and up close I actually was looking at the back of his head for a minute <laughs> when when because where I was sitting <laughs> he was facing the other way and I I just was I couldn't stand for that, so I wanted to go see his, you know, see his face. And I tried to get on the court, and <laughs> the red coat was like, "Where are you going? <laughs> Where I'm going? I'm going go to the other side so I can see." He was like, "Yeah, you got to go around." Wow. i was like, "Bro, I will don't run you." I said, "Do you do you not know? The, you don't know my history in here with the red coats. <laughs> I, do, I do not. I do not like to be stopped when it comes to moving around this, this arena.
3: Do you not watch Mr. Box Office?
0: <laughs> yeah, right." Do you not watch <laughs> So uh, apparently, you know, my my um my credit uh and my
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your Staples Center credit credibility <laughs> is shot, huh?
0: Yeah, it's, it's waned after 8 years <laughs> wow. of retirement. But no, it was it was great. I got on the court and got to see see him And, uh in the, you know, he, he was you know, when that curtain what would you call it? The curtain came down over the yeah. jersey or what, Yeah. What would they use? Anyway, they, I don't oh I, no. I, I, They unveiled yeah. it? When they unveiled it. There you go. Um, I, you know, I, you, you could see in his face, you know, uh, there must have been a sense of, of a lot of a lot of pride, but a sense of relief that it actually happened in, in Staples, considering how you know, how the exit was and right. how adamant, you know, he was about not being connected to L.A. anymore. and Sure. And, but they, you know, pulled him. Just Bus family pulled him back in and paid the, you know, paid the appreciation and respect that we all wanted to see. And, and so, you know, he's a Laker. I, I thought Jeannie Bus put it put it best too. You know, she yeah, asked yeah. the fans what word described Shaq, and she got all of them. And then to her, it, it was you know champion and Laker. And that yeah. uh, you know that really that touched me because that's how I'll always see see Shaq.
1: Yeah. Did you? uh... <sighs> You see athletes get a lot of honors. You know, guys make the Hall of Fame. They, You know, they win championships. But it seems to me there's something about when you get your jersey hanging in the building, you know, and and you'll always be in the Hall of Fame. You always have that championship ring. But it's got to be something about your number hanging up, you know, in an arena that brings something different out of guys. Because I've watched some of these jersey retirements. I've seen the statues unveiled, you know, when a guy gets a statue. But that jersey hanging in the rafters, and I bring this up, Rick, because I remember I went up to North Carolina. I went to Chapel Hill to interview Marvin Williams once, you know, during the draft process before he got drafted. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we were sitting in the in the Dean Smith Center looking up at the numbers. And I, right. and I didn't know the tradition, so I had to ask one of the assistant coaches. I was like, well, what do you have to do to get a jersey in here, you know, like your jersey hanging in here? And once he explained to me, I was like, ooh, you know, that's – that's tough, you know, it's not not everybody obviously gets a jersey hanging in the building. You know, the Lakers only have a select few. Is there is there something about that to you, Rick, in your mind, that stands out above some of the other ways players are honored?
0: Uh yeah, look, I I I love telling the stories of either a association with or having seen some of these players, regardless of the arena, mm-hmm. the greatness of of their games. And, you know, that's a generational thing. You know, uh, you'll be able to tell your kids, I'm sure, when you go to, you know, a Michigan game, you know, the players that you watched growing up and the ones that you, you admired and idolized. And, 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 and so the honor in itself to me is always, I think, for the player, uh, a, real, a real moment of, of expression of their, of their career and their, things that, and their hard work and the things they, they've done to get to that point. But the acknowledgement lives on. And that to me is like when I go to Staples. I mean, I go to the Dean Dome and I see the number. I mean, the players that have come through there and, and the the association that, uh, of those guys of each other. They get to share that company. Yeah. You know, it's it's really
1: special, man. Yeah, it's definitely something different. Let um, me ask.
3: Let me ask a question. We might be burying the lead here when it comes to, to last night, <laughs> because as great as that event was, like, are are the Lakers going to? <laughs> they looked like a playoff team last I know. night.
0: Yeah, they did. It looked better last night. It uh, looks
3: I, really good.
0: You know, I, I I had to look at Mark Cuban's the crack of his 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 beep last <laughs> night because he kept standing up in front of me uh, where I was seated. But you know, they kind of silenced Mark a little bit because he was pretty. Boy- he was you know he's Mark Cuban. He's a good old self at the beginning of the game, and you know the rivalry with he and the Lakers goes deep. Right. Uh, but quite frankly, the Lakers, they, you know, they grabbed a hold of that game and kept a 10 point margin and Earl Clark played huge. And, uh, and, and at the, end, you know, at the end of the day, Dwight hit some free throws when they went to the hack of Dwight and, uh, you know, to pull away with a 20 point win pretty much, you know, cemented, I thought in, in Dallas's minds that, you know, that, Oh, this team can actually play basketball when they, when they really are focused and need to. And, I don't, I don't know. Can they run the table? They need to. Can they? Mm, you know, they got to at least win five five out of five out of seven, probably.
1: Right. You mentioned Mark Cuban, Rick, and and Lang, and this is uh, this this is yet another instance where Mark Cuban's name is being associated with something that's somewhat controversial. Um, Cuban actually went on the record as saying that Baylor All American Center Brittany Greiner. Would be somebody that he'd be interested in, and, you know, in the NBA, in terms of, and I, you know, and some. He, people, said, he, he
3: said he would draft her.
1: He, he would draft her, yes. Which some people assume it's a PR stunt, as Connecticut coach Gino Ariema, uh intimated uh, today that you know, hey, this is just pure PR, and this is, you know, there's no way you do this. Is is it out of the outside the bounds of reasonableness to assume that there will be a woman? That's capable of playing at an NBA level at some point in your lifetime.
3: Mm, in in mm. our lifetime is the yeah. key part of that. In, in our sense. lifetime,
1: uh, I don't think it's Brittany Griner. No, I'm, good, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even taking that part serious. That's why. Yeah, I, I don't. It's know. not.
0: It won't be a big. It won't be a back to the basket player. Right. It would, it, I would see you. You may see a point guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only because you know that's facing the basket. You know, a uh, point. Uh, uh, you know, I've seen. I played against women. Uh, guards who are quick enough to stay in front of you
3: yeah
0: uh and in and, and skill wise ball handling and shooting wise and even penetration wise capable of you know getting where they want to get to and create opportunities but not i don't think from uh not inside the paint
3: yeah when I went not, to a- when I was at University of Georgia, the Georgia women's team was, you know, always in the women's final 4 every year. They were they were, had a lot of players who went to the WNBA, and we used to play against some of those women in the intramural center like after class and stuff. And myself and one of my high school teammates played 2 on 2 against two of the two of the women who went on to the WNBA, and they beat us, but it was like 15 to 12 or something like that. You know, it wasn't it was they didn't dominate us. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know we weren't even college basketball players. We we were we were just two guys who had played in high school. So I, it just made me realize there's a there's a pretty big gap, I think. And in, you know, Griner obviously a lot of her success is because she's so tall and she's big and she changes the game a lot on the inside. But she's six eight, and right. in the NBA, that's you know that's. Shorter than LeBron, or, or, <laughs> yes. you
1: know what I mean? Yeah, that's 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 a two guard size. Yeah, yeah. so uh, there, there's a pretty big difference there. Yeah, I, that's why I said I, I don't want to disrespect Brittany Grinder in the career. I don't had. either because
3: she's she's been a,
1: she's, she's an been amazing. Fab, yeah, player. she's yeah. been fabulous, and I, I think it's disingenuous, you know. And she responded on Twitter, you know, kind of uh, in a in a really nice way, you know. She's like, hey, let's do it, you know. Um, so I'm sure the competitive nature of a, of a, a superior player such as such as uh, Brittany Griner, would, would get the best of and She'd want to step in that realm, but it, it's ridiculous. Would you watch? Would you guys mm-hmm. want to see it? No. Nah. Not really. Because I, I, I don't think – you know, that's one of my big pet peeves about sports and crossing that, that gender divide. People always wanting to compare a female athlete to a male athlete. It's like, man, appreciate people's greatness in their own realm, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, Serena Williams doesn't have to, you know – Proved to me that she's a great tennis player by going out and playing some guy and, and what would trying that to beat him t- that means nothing to me.
0: What would that do for Title Nine sports? Now you got female athletes yeah. cross, wanting to cross over into or male athletes wanting to cross over into female sports. It just I don't <laughs> know. It gets muddy, and at the same time, um I, my thought first thought was I mean I'd feel I'd feel for her having to basically have her own locker room every game by herself and it's a isol- be an isolating experience yeah. man. basketball is a team sport you yeah.
1: know yeah it Just like i said it i don't think there is any reason for it I, th- I think people get way way too over the top caught up with that kind of stuff but i I, thought, would, I, th- I, I think
3: I'd like to I'd, w- I'd like to watch a, a practice see how she just i'm curious how she would you know i think we 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 sit here and talk about how we think we know how she'll how she would perform but maybe we're wrong no i don't think so
1: <laughs> yeah and no. i'd like to also like to clear up something else lang you misspoke earlier talking about how you used to go and play ball after class um that's we've true talked to, we've talked to some of your friends at georgia you never went to class so. that's true <laughs>
3: i should have said after i watched general hospital <laughs> exactly
1: after you laid on the couch in, in your apartment and watched G, uh, general hospital and all my children and you show up and roll to the gym but that's I another. Did not watch
3: all my children in those days of our lives
1: <laughs> but that's another story uh Guys, another thing that's kind of propped up on on the radar here, and I'm assuming you guys have seen this video. If not, um, we got to get some clips. This this Rutgers coach who's been fired, Mike Rice, um, (laughs) for kicking players, throwing basketballs at them, cursing them, calling them, you know, uh, derogatory names, all manner of craziness. There was a huge, huge backlash from from all over the sports world and beyond after these videos were made public on Outside the Lines on ESPN. I was was trying to think last night under what circumstance would I, A, allow myself to be treated that way, or B, allow somebody I knew to be treated that way by a coach, and I could not come up with a single solitary instance where that would have lasted for more than three seconds after I found out.
0: Bobby Knight is somewhere going, wow, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Mike.
3: Yeah, I don't know. That video made Bobby Knight look like a uh, yeah, saint.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, are you are you serious? This dude thought he could get away with this? Uh,
0: that, I don't know how it got to that. I don't even know how he got to Rice. Yeah. I uh, got to Rutgers. Uh, if 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 that's been his behavior, because that doesn't happen overnight. No, yeah. that's been your style. Yeah, for, you know, for years.
1: Yeah.
0: And and if if you hire an individual like that, and you don't know that potentially he goes to that to that level of of behavior then you should be held responsible as well. Yeah. Because that I mean look, in the fact that they just suspended him means are they going by practice? Is it, <laughs> is is the, is the athletic director even checking in?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's ridiculous, man.
1: Props to Eric really- Murdoch by the way, uh former yeah. NBA player for for yeah. stepping up and you know being the, being the guy who had to blow the whistle in this in this instance. Um you know, cuz here's a guy who's played at the highest levels. He's had every manner of coach, I'm sure, you know, throughout his basketball career. He knows that that's not acceptable. Um, the and the thing that bothered me more, more about it, more than anything, is how many people were in there watching it and didn't say anything. say or do anything, because that tells you about the culture yeah. of college basketball to me and the fear that assistant coaches and players have when a guy is the head coach and basically has ultimate power. Yeah, you know, that's cra- I, you know, that's crazy to me.
0: Those kids won't get those kids won't get their their careers, their college experiences back. No, and, you know, and and, the, and the, the future desire and hopes to become professional athletes is the power that these coaches hold over these kids. Is yeah. that you know playing time and your dream of if I play and I'm, I play well in college, maybe I'll get drafted and get seen. So they, you know, I'm sure amongst themselves they were just horrified by you know going to practice and dealing with a coach like this, but they don't say anything.
3: Yeah, but I Seiko and I were talking about this earlier. That you know, I, I also wonder if, if one of these kids, you know, we we always hear how high school kids now are, are coddled and they are um, in many ways uh, given anything they want. You know, they're they're taught they're they're taught that they run the program. The program's not there for them. So and so, you know, down the line, and I wonder if if it seems to me I'm just surprised one of these kids didn't respond or didn't, it,
1: didn't, you know, you didn't swing on him? You mean, or, or, or,
3: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, see, I mean, from what the video, I mean, and obviously the video is, is not the entire situation, but yeah. from watching that video, you think, well, wh- wh- these kids all seem really quiet and subservient and willing to listen to this guy. You know, not one of these kids is going to do anything. Like no one, did, no one responded. Yeah. <sighs>
1: Yeah. I don't I don't know, I just I don't know how what would you do if you're if you're a kid and you're on Pushing scholarship with Ruggers and <laughs> you've been taught by your previous coaches to respect your head coach and to be a respectful, you know, individual. I don't know. I don't know what your reaction would be. You know, but because, there's
3: obviously. I would assume previous coaches taught you to respect your head coach, but there's also some level of respect coming back from them to you. And there's right. obviously not that happening in this situation. Sure, so sure. It's not a situation built on on respect.
1: But I, I think you're asking, you're asking kids to do something that everybody else would tell you they shouldn't do, which is, even when it's wrong, to respond to a what should be an authority figure. You know, in a, in in a way, that's this gonna get the player, you know, in trouble or put him in a sideways situation. Like I guarantee you, a lot of those guys were scared to say something, and I'm and I'm assuming this, but I think it's a it's a reasonable assumption, because you know this guy holds the key to your scholarship. Yeah. You know, look what happened to Eric Murdoch when he when he blew the whistle. He he didn't get another contract. Right. So I mean, it's th- these college coaches, man. There is a there can be an abuse of power when you have a guy who's in charge of a program and and holds the the strings to guys' careers like that. I mean, I don't I don't know what the connection is. And I, we'd have to go back and find out if there was any overlap between them. But, you know, the, the kid Mike Rosario that transferred from Rutgers to Florida, um, you wonder if, you know, this type of attitude or the coaching change, if, if it happened at the same time, maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe a player would just vacate the premises if he's able as opposed to trying to fight back and swing on a coach. I'm, I'm looking at it as a grown man with kids, and I'm telling you. If I found out one of my – if a, my kid came home and told me, Dad, you know, Co- Coach Rice kicked somebody today and threw a ball at a dude's head, I'm, at, I'm not waiting for tomorrow's practice. Yeah. I'm at Coach Rice's crib that night. Like, um, you know, we got we to gotta ah. fix this, or you got to get, you know, you got to get 2 piece. It's plain and simple. That's just—I mean—you don't do that. You don't—you don't put your hands on that. That's like the law of the of the urban jungle, baby. You don't put your hands on somebody else's kids. Perhaps uh, he—maybe that kid Rosario
3: went to Florida because he wanted to play for a winning coach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good point. I mean, I
3: just—Mike Rice's Rutgers record, by the way, forty-four and fifty-one. Yeah,
1: I saw that. I saw
3: that. It's much tougher to—much
1: tougher to survive these sorts of things when you're losing. How many he years? was there three years. Three years. Had, yeah, three years. He
3: had been at uh, Robert Morris for three years before that, and he was he was actually pretty good. He went seventy three and thirty one, went to the NCAA tournament twice there. I'd and before be, that, was assistant a bunch of different places: Pittsburgh, Marquette, Fordham. Okay. I'd love so. to know
0: if his record, if his players from from there, yeah, yeah, have to say about his. I'm
3: sure. I'm sure we'll hear about it now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, people are going to start tracking those guys down.
1: Rick, what's the what's the most Out-of-bounds situation you've ever been in with a coach, and you don't have to tell us his name, but, I mean, have you ever had a coach maybe cross the line or get in your face or something that you thought was maybe over the the top?
0: Um, High school, no. College, I had Dean Smith. Mm -hmm. He was great. Um, The pros uh, had two coaches, Chris Ford, ML Carr. Chris was pretty verbally abusive. Mm -hmm. He was pretty verbally abusive. Uh, I would say I did not connect with him right, a- right. at all, and and it was because of his, you know, his verbal abuse, but mm-hmm. nothing physical. Uh, yeah, and then I had uh, Del Del Harris, probably the gentlest coach in <laughs> history of the game, <laughs> right. and Phil Jackson. So yeah, no, I I didn't. I was blessed to be around, you know, fiery coaches, passionate coaches but n- never cross the line yeah. never cross the line
1: yeah i, I just i don't I, I just don't understand where you could get to that point i you know i i, I don't I, mean, I don't get that i just don't get how you go at kids like that when you know you have uh and you know the the authoritative advantage on your side in a way that you know you, you put a you put a pressure on that kid it's bullying yeah to perform yeah. in a way that's just I don't. I, don't and, think
3: that. I, I, I do think we're talking about the exception, not the rule here. Also, you you don't know, know. I
0: don't know. I, I, I don't know about that.
3: You don't think? I don't. I don't no,
0: know
1: that.
0: No. When, I when you that. say, I, I guarantee you, I could find you probably ten other coaches that are like that quickly really? in college. Yeah, I mean, you you watch, watch. You, you look this Mike Rice being, you know, exposed, and players seeing, in this video, the kind of behavior that's going down in. in in college basketball there at Rutgers, there'll be other players talking about it now. Because yeah. you got to remember, not every player is happy on a college basketball team. Right. Yeah. So, you know, don't be surprised if you hear a couple more, you know, coaches exposed or players or former players bringing up and saying, oh, so-and-so acts just like that when I played for him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's some coaches around college basketball right now that are on pins and needles. Uh, because they know their their behavior isn't either too far off from that or or at least verbally especially.
3: Maybe they shouldn't videotape their practices. They all do. (laughs) I know, but maybe they shouldn't if they're going to be like that, you know.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you go back and watch the film from their practice. How do you sit through that film session and go, uh,
3: you know, you got to edit
1: out 90% of the film from Coach throwing balls at people and kicking
0: them? That that, that would be crazy. That blew my mind. I couldn't believe it.
1: And I agree, Rick, like the fact that nobody at the university caught wind of this until now, or until, you know, I guess when he got the three-month suspension, but really nobody walked through and, and, and watched this or saw this. And I, and I covered college basketball before, and I was, I was a reporter. I was a beat writer, and I was banned from watching practice. I'm not saying that's why, but I'm saying there is a culture of, hey, this is my gym, my domain, and I don't want anybody messing in it. And, I, you know, I think that is dangerous.
0: Yeah, you are the athletic director. Yeah, you're, you hire these coaches. You're supposed to oversee them. Yeah. that's I don't. I, that's not an excuse to me, man. Any coach who tells me I have to, I'm, I hired you, and you have to, and I have to stay out of your practice. Come on,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's that's something else, Mike. Mike Rice. Um, you know, you made your own bed, my friend. And uh, if you ever get another coaching job somewhere. A head coaching job, I will be stunned. I mean, what school would, what school would hire? Do with this black mark on his resume, you know. You'd have to take a real good look at it. Um, moving on from that news, let's uh, look around the league here, guys. I, I like Carmelo putting the putting the rock up the way he does, but Fitty on the Heat. I, I, I watched
3: the, I watched that entire game last night, and yeah. I thought. It was, uh, you know, at one point in the in the third or fourth quarter, he had something like forty points, one rebound, and zero assists. <laughs> you know, his He's line healthy. was. He's on my but, fantasy team. But but the thing was, he wasn't hogging the ball. You know, he, he I think he finished eighteen for twenty six or twenty four shots. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, he he passed a lot. It, it guys were missing shots. He was the only one who was making shots. It, it wasn't like he was. He didn't force anything he he was uh playing very much within the flow of the offense mm-hmm. um you know I don't know if you guys saw the the shot chart they showed it on inside after the game oh yeah, he didn't take a shot in the paint every shot was <laughs> inside the three point line pretty well around the three point line up to the lane but he he never went in the paint it was all mid range and and long range jump shots, and he was just on fire the entire game and he was doing it against it wasn't like you know it was. Uh, Mike Miller on him the whole game. I mean, Udonis Haslam was on him for a while. Battier yeah. was guarding him in the fourth quarter. He he was just he was just on. It was a pretty impressive thing to see last night. Do you yeah. think he? Do
0: you think with LeBron and Dwayne, you think that would have been a different outcome? Y-
3: yes. Yeah. I mean, because it was a close game the whole game. Also, yeah, yeah it wasn't. I mean, they, had, <laughs> it, uh, they had to come back. The Knicks, yeah, they were behind. Yeah. They they could th- defensively they looked terrible, um, and there was a lot of plays where Carmelo. Um, was getting beat uh, on defense. They, they and Tyson Chandler made a big block in the fourth quarter, but he didn't have the kind of impact he normally has for that team. So, I, I yeah, if Wade and if Wade or LeBron was playing, not even both of them, I think that he would have won that game. But uh, the Knicks did what they had to do. Um, and and look, if Melo plays like that in the playoffs, when you're playing half court most of the game, I mean, this guy's that might be the most uh, the, the the biggest weapon in the playoffs as a guy who can knock down mid-range jump shots
1: like that. Yeah, yeah. He I mean he when he goes off it's just it's ridiculous cuz how many guys can pull up and make shots off bounce from all over the place, from all over the floor yeah. at his size, you know what I'm saying? It's like Yeah. Oh. And I and I heard uh driving around here, driving around Atlanta this morning during carpool time, which is my uh, magic my magic hour in the morning. Um, Rick Kamla, NBA TV's very own, is, is always on uh, one of our local radio stations here, 92.9 right Game. And they were having an interesting conversation talking about how do you rate Carmelo. And Rick was, Rick was bringing up a point that I've always bristled at when I hear it. He was saying, hey, you know, Carmelo's a great scorer, but I don't consider him a great all-around player because he doesn't have the rebounding or assist numbers to go along with it. Kind of suggesting that Melo's more of a specialist than anything else and not a great player and, and he, or not a great winner. He said, he's, I don't think he's a big-time winner. And I thought, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, that Melo is just a dude who puts up scoring numbers and does nothing else. You have to do what your team needs you to do to be successful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not everybody's going to play like LeBron and have this all-around game. Not everybody's going to do what, you know, what D-Wade can do or what Kevin Durant has really morphed into now as being more than just a scorer. But a guy who does these different things. Kobe Bryant is a prime example of what I'm talking about.
3: Well, there are also there wait there are also guys who not they don't do what the you know as you said there's there's guys who do what the team needs you to do to be successful. There's also guys who just do what they do and they hope the team can do <laughs> what everyone else needs to do to be successful. I don't I mean
1: I you say that but I'm not sure I mean, I'm not saying
3: I'm not saying that Carmelo is that no no I'm just no, saying I'm just there's saying two different kinds of guys
1: yeah but I'm saying. I think Kobe is my example for against that because yeah. when Kobe's asked to score for the Lakers, Kobe scores in ways that few other guys on the planet can score. Mm-hmm. But this season when they've needed him to do more, the triple doubles, you know, we see the re, the, the stretch where he was assisting like he was uh, magic. You know what I mean? I think, I think Carmelo has more to his game than he's given credit for, yeah. but he hasn't well, been in situations where that was called for.
0: Well, here's the thing. To me, with Carmelo, look scoring the basketball at the clip that he can score it at in this league consistently—that's that's amazing. Okay? Yeah. I mean, there's very few guys that can do that. Uh, he, and and so going and when his career is said and done, he'll always be remembered as a prolific scorer. And but there's there's to me when you talk about other parts of his game that he's shown that he can be capable of doing for stretches of time. I think the criticism comes in because he doesn't do it consistently, right, so when you talk about consist play you know play defense at the beginning of the season for you know two months and and you you know and you start to think, oh wow, Carmelo's going to add that consistently to his game every night uh or because we see wow when he does it he's actually really good at it or or you know or actually rebounding at you know big numbers or controlling you know controlling a game from uh, creating opportunities for his teammates you know you see it from time to time unlike lebron kobe you know some of these guys that do it for 82 games consistently right. that's what they're being he's being unfortunately compared to which makes him look to me more like in in the era i grew up watching or playing against with, with the larry's and the, and the dominique wilkins and he's look, he's standing he's starting to look more like a dominique wilkins of right. his era right. than a larry bird or a michael jordan or you know or a charles barkley guys who really were cornerstones of their franchises but did it on all levels on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you know, Dominique scored, you know, and he he can athletically and talently stumble into rebounds and assists, but it wasn't what he was remembered for. And the fact that he hasn't won a championship takes you one step further to comparing him to Dominique because you say, okay, well, Dominique had an amazing career but didn't win a championship. And at a certain point, you know, you start to get into your 10th, 11th, and 12th year in this league, you know, you are who you are at that point individually, right. but you're defined solely by did you win championships. And right. so I, don't, I just don't know out of the East if Carmelo's going to get past the heat in the next couple of years here. And then now you're talking about him being further along in his career, Then then you, know, then you start to look at, okay, well, how's he going to be remembered?
3: I, there's two things. Number one, I think it, guys can do what they're asked to do, but then there's some guys who go above and beyond that and can do what they haven't been asked to do, yeah. and, and can contribute more than they're being asked to contribute. Right. Um, the the other thought here is that you know, I, say a guy scores 30 points, 28 points, and finishes with 28 two and two, and you're like, well, that's that's not that you know that he 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 needs to help out more on the boards. So he needs to do other things. But if you can score 50 points on 26 (laughs) field goal attempts, you know, if you can average almost two points per field goal attempt and and play that type of efficient game, 50 points, two and two, I I can live with the two and two if you're going to give me 50.
0: Okay. Well, yes and no.
3: He's not going to give you 50 every night.
0: No, exactly. Of course not. Of course not. Okay, exactly. And that's my point is that, look, if you step out in the game, Every night to give me fifty, and, and that's your expression of, of in contribution. Then you better give me fifty, and you better give it give me the fifty at a, a clip of eighteen for twenty six, seven for eight from the free throw line, seven for ten from the you know from the three point line. Yeah, not eleven for thirty uh, tonight, and you only drop twenty six points mm-hmm. because you know that's that's what we get with Carmelo. You get explosive games where you know. And look, they didn't blow out the Heat. You know what I'm saying? So to take 50 points and you don't blow out the heat and they're without their two best players, you know, look, I mean, it takes more than just scoring the basketball. you got to be able on the other end of the floor, stop some people from scoring or you're
1: just changing, you know, you're just changing ends of the court. Yeah, I I have, you know, we get kind of this revisionist revisionist history cap on when we start talking about that previous era with Barkley and Dominique and what he's Dominique has got this reputation that all he ever did was take shots, and he never did anything else. And I don't. I know he scored at a ridiculous clip. I don't remember him being just a scorer, like. And I don't remember some of those other guys of their era, being as great, all you know, as, as polished, all an all-around player as they get credit for now. Like, um, I don't. And I know this will give me a trouble, but I don't remember Barkley locking people down on a nightly basis. He rebounded the heck out of the ball for a guy his size. But Barkley was a bully, a lockdown defender. Charles, how many? No, no, no one's saying he. You, you know, know what I mean? Saw, so Some of these
0: guys. I'm not would, saying you have to be lockdown defenders, but they gotta, they gotta, they gotta have an expression of defense. <laughs> I mean, Carmelo, you know, carmelo's been, i'm not the first one to point out like i'm you know i'm late to the party if we're talking about what's carmelo's expression of defense that's been the criticism of his game if, it, if you're going to find a hole in it is that it's not consistently there that sounds like, like a zen master
1: two- thing though what is an expression of defense like what
0: that's got to be right. Phil phil no, is. we all bring an expression to to the table when we show up uh, <laughs> as, as as an individual you know, you, should and, at least,
3: and, you should at least be able to fake it, right? Yeah, well, yeah. You know,
0: and and you can tell when an individual on the basketball court really has is just waiting to get the ball and go down to the other end. <laughs> and and there's been a huge chunk of of Carmelo's career where, if you're a basketball, if you have knowledge of basketball, you know, you would say, you know, the first early part of his career, he really didn't have that much interest in in being recognized defensively. Now he, that's changed. I give him credit for at least. Having an awareness that that's something that had to change in his game, and mm-hmm. so there's been stretches of where you see more interest and consistency from him in that area it's just it just hasn 't lived up to the level that I think great players amazing players
3: mm-hmm.
0: have gotten to you know, and so that's you know being asked to do something versus doing it because it's it's you, you see it as as a value and and really contributes to not only your individual expression but the, the team's expression the team's chances of winning you know great players legendary players take it on it's like a challenge it's like i want to affect the game in all areas right but if you can be on the floor for 44 minutes a game and you don't stumble on you know five <laughs> assistants you know, i can't i don't see you as a great player I, so you know I, I see you as a great specialist and a great you know great in certain areas guys have done that they've been great rebounders Right. Great, you know, great defensive players, great scorers. Great assist, right. man. I mean,
1: yeah, you can be, I, I agree, you can be all those things. I just. The all-time top 50 players,
0: man, they ch- they challenged every inch of that floor and they challenged every category in a box score. And and that's just a fact, you know, to me. I mean, I can point it out. You go and look at anybody, you know, that it's just a fact.
1: That's a good, that's a, that's a podcast for a later day. I think we need to. We need to save that one for later because we could we could we could chew on that topic for a long time. But uh, joining us now by phone, Dominique Wilkins.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I played with Dominique. I, you know, I caught yeah.
0: I Dominique at the tail end of his career, and yeah. and and so you know, I have I have great admiration and respect for him as a player. I just you know, at the end of the day, you know, we can debate these. Yeah, it is. It's a,
1: I mean, just, it is. It's a great topic because I think I, it's. I grew up, I mean, expressions all day long, yeah. but
3: I probably watched Dominique play more than any player I've ever, cause I grew up watching every single Hawks game. And the, the, the knock on him was always, he doesn't rebound. He doesn't yeah. pass like he's, and the argument was always, well, he, he doesn't need, they have Kevin Willis and Moses Malone. He doesn't need to rebound. Yeah. You know, they have doc rivers. They have whoever They he doesn't need to pass, but they need him to score. But I, I see this. I also understand like Rick's saying you, you got to help out a little bit here and there. There there must be – you, you got to be able to do a little bit more than one or two rebounds, one or two assists in 40 minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and nobody's saying that a guy should – shouldn't. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that any of these guys shouldn't. I'm just saying I think we tend to have a much more favorable opinion of guys in the entire – you know, breadth of their game in in retrospect, sometimes than than they really deserve credit for, it. and that's all I'm saying. We could you could go back and study the stats, but I think you need to go back, like Rick says, more. It makes more sense to go back and look at the games. You need to see the footage to see exactly what kind of impact a guy might have had, you know, consistently. And and that's the problem with I agree with with Carmelo is that consistently he hasn't been a defensive force or done some of these other things. But again, when you score at that Ridiculous clip, you know. When, when, when a couple handfuls of people in the history of the game have been able to score like you can score it, in it, I tend to give you a, a break. I mean, I don't need Dennis Rodman to get twenty points a night to validate him being a unique player and be doing what he does because I know he can do something else in ways that nobody else can. So it's a, it's well, it's a, some uh,
0: some of these scores that that scored that clip. It's that things that that philosophy that some people. Carry the piano up the up <laughs> the stairs, and some people play the piano. Yeah, yeah. and and that's you know because sometimes th- scores have that mentality, and that's but that's a dangerous. I think that's a dangerous philosophy yeah. when when a player checks out of of even just having an awareness that there's a job to be done. Well, <laughs> when
1: I'll, I'll, the ball is not in your hands. I'll give you guys a, a, a pretty remarkable statistical comparison right now between the two guys we're talking about. Dominique Wilkins, career stats. I, I just looked him up, 24.8 points, <laughs> points, 6, seriously, 24.8 points, 6.7 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Mello, whose career is not over yet, 24.9 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 3.1 assists. That's, you know, that's probably the best comparison for Mello right now that you could come up with. And you know, say this: last year he he
3: was second on the Knicks in rebounds. He he, had, he averaged more rebounds per game than Amari did. Yeah, last season.
1: Another guy who's been criticized for <laughs> yeah for a similar thing. So, so, and Lang Lang talked to Carmelo, um, uh, you know, and really got some good stuff out of him that I think we need to listen to, um, and, and we'll check that out right now.
3: Please explain to me why we're in a (laughs) boxing ring on the roof of the Madison Square Garden marquee right now. It's different. It's different. It is. If you don't know, I'm a big boxing fan.
4: I box in the offseason. That's one of my other workouts. It gives me, like, that edge, and it it puts me, like, in this this mindset, this focus, uh, this mentality that uh, nobody can can beat you. Ready, play from Carmelo Anthony. Melo from
3: another (laughs) burrow. Let's talk about the Knicks a little bit. You've kind of had to do more with everyone else being hurt. Chandler is hurt. And Candy's hurt. Novak took a shot. I think for the most
4: part, I've been having a, you know, having a great year helping the team win, just doing what I, what I, what I can do. Oh. Uh, and then I hit this, this little stretch for about two weeks where it was like, what's wrong? Like I'm yeah. hurt.
1: You have to be shaken up.
4: You know, I don't want to say I'm hurt. I want to play. I, you know what I mean? I don't want to sit out we losing games, and it's like, you know, and, uh, am I the reason why we're losing games? You start, all these thoughts start going in your mind. He is really in a lot of pain. Everybody know you can play through pain. Everybody knows you can play with pain. It's like, you know, but you have to be smart You smart with yourself and stop being naive and, you know, sit out. And get healthy and come back, and, you know, now you see the difference. In New York, you're only, you're only as good as your last day right. or your last game, so uh, I think that's where the... That's what the boxing comes into play, like the focus, the mentality that you have to have uh, to tell yourself and then tell your teammates, like, look, this is the big picture. Now
1: they're <laughs> Anthony feeling
3: it here this afternoon.
4: I mean, you can't worry about what they write about you. You can't worry about what people say about you. We're going to get through it.
2: It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line.
1: Flagrant rights, whatever. Uh, uh, Greg, you want to give us the standing? Uh, How'd we do this week, boys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lang
2: had a big week. He got lucky. All right, right now Rick is leading by three games. Stop it! You just stop it. Uh, well, you know, it's the conk. I'm telling you.
0: What I'm telling you. I'm going back. I'm going. I just came back from the Bahamas, so you know this is going to be another three and o week
2: for me. Another big three and zero week to 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 finish it up.
1: I thought he was talking about Rick's hair. I'm just, I'm upset. I thought I had a chance to, you know, salvage. You've been salvage focused this
0: on thing. your Michigan Wolverines. Like, you <laughs> get, get your mind back on the NBA
1: game. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to salvage this thing, and I I don't know what happened, you know, anyway.
0: Well, but I'll tell you what happened. Freaking San Antonio Spurs couldn't beat the Miami Heat without
1: freaking. <laughs> I, I'm so mad about that. Oh, nah, man. Come on. You got to do better than that, San Antonio. Rick
3: did call the end of the streak.
1: He, he did. He nailed that. Yes. He nailed how that. He
3: not talk about that this week? Yeah. You did nail the industry. We are. We're talking
1: about it right now. Good job. I mean, you okay, nailed it. You but... Play the
0: tape back, uh, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> we burned those tapes. Where I, right now, in,
1: insert right here.
3: <laughs> we, we put those tapes in the foxhole.
1: Exactly. Those are going into the foxhole. <laughs> with the, the, out rest out of the...
3: the foxhole is talking there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh so what we got this week, Greg? I don't even care about the standings. We all know Rick's got a three-game lead; he's gonna win. We ain't That's win. all
2: right. Hey, man, there's you could always go three and zero. He go in three, and then we're in sudden death. <laughs> why
3: why are, are we not doing it? Why aren't we doing it in the playoffs? Why doesn't this continue?
2: Well, I, I mean, we start up a new contest like, for the we for a new season
3: because y'all got to make. First of all, you got to make
0: the playoffs. Second of all, <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: you got to be over five hundred to make the playoffs. Well, let, right? Let I let am. Lang will be hanging out with the Mavericks this year. You're hovering over, like you know, in and
0: out numbers there. You're, you're on the bubble. Right so you're on the bubble. Uh, He's like and the Lakers. then I think in my, I've already expressed my dominance enough. That we don't want, we don't want to carry this over <laughs> into more weeks of torture, do we?
2: <laughs> I thought I was a bad winner. This dude is the worst. All right, well, let's, let's let the uh, the king over there go first. Here's the first game: OKC at Indiana.
1: Oof, what day is that game? Is that a, is that a weekend game? Or, I think, I think mm, or night, it must be a
3: uh, weekend because uh, OKC okay, so plays Thursday night against yeah. uh, someone else. Ooh, yeah, you cool. know uh, what? I'm going
2: is, with uh, – didn't,
0: didn't he say we're going with the king first? Yeah, yeah that, would be sake,
1: oh, that would be me. That would be me. I'm we, still I, the king. Ex- oh, yeah. my bad, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> You're the, you're the <laughs> prime minister of Barbados and the Bahamas and all the rest of the islands, but I'm the king in here. I'm just an ambassador. I'm sorry, I'm just ambassador. I'm going with the Thunder. He Even
3: said though, the king, not the kang.
1: <laughs> Even though I'm down on them, I'm going with the Thunder. I think I'm that uh, on,
3: I'm gonna put the Miz on you.
1: You better walk. <laughs> I think they got a chance to go in there and make a statement because I'm I'm serious. I, I'm worried about them c- come playoff time. They need it. They need a statement.
3: The, thunder.
0: the
1: ambassador is going with <laughs> the Pacers
0: because the Thunder will be nothing but blunders. <laughs> then,
1: oh then, yeah, he's a wrestling mode, we'll big time.
3: We need to bring out the Macho Man here. Um, <laughs> also, I think Oklahoma City too. I, I you know, the the thing we're going to run into here the last week and a half is if teams sick guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. To, you're going to get us some. You might get a couple of matchups that aren't um, full full strength. There, we might not know until tip off who's playing and who's not playing. But I, I, I take Oklahoma City too. All Pacers had
2: a good road trip, though, didn't
3: they? They sure did. They played
2: well. uh, Just came came out and beat the clips.
3: Yeah, put the clips down. They
0: beat the the Spurs,
2: too. Everyone's beating the Clippers right now. All right. Game number two. Even the Clippers
0: beating the Clippers.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Game number two Chicago at Brooklyn. That's tomorrow night. Uh, Say night, yes.
3: Yeah, I'm going to take Brooklyn. With all these injuries Chicago has and now. Those Taj Gibson's going to be there. Uh, I'll, I'll take Brooklyn. Yeah, well, it, I, I, it could I, I, be Nate Robinson's big return to the New York area. <laughs> Nate, dog, might go off.
1: I, you know what? I think Brooklyn has more at stake right now. Yeah. Than the than the Bulls do. You know, the Bulls are not going to uh, not going to go up there, and they're going to play their same way. They're going to play guts out, but it's not as big a game to them. Obviously, it's going to be to protect home if you're Brooklyn. So I'm going with the Nets.
0: I I I would go with the Nets also, but in the effort in the interest of keeping this this competition interesting, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Bulls. It's
1: throwing games, man. I'm throwing games. Yeah, Stu Jackson wants to talk to you.
0: I'm (laughs) throwing games so that we can have a deadlock down the wire.
2: All right. Well, here's uh, the the final will be the final four this weekend. Let's choose a winner.
1: Oh yeah. No.
2: Louisville. (laughs) Shh. I will uh, take Mr. Silver's advice, and I will take
1: Louisville. <laughs> Rolling with Nate Silver. You know who I'm going with? It's not even a question. I mean, I'm going with, I'm going blue, baby. You're taking the one out of five chance? You best believe. One out of five. North Atlanta math class. Lang Whitaker. <laughs> uh, all I know is the uh, same thing I told several family members this past weekend because I have some family members who, uh, you know, it was like the Civil War that decided Michigan State was a better option than Michigan Um Blood ain't thicker than blue, baby Don't call me When the game is on Don't text me Nothing Leave me alone So don't I'm going sure I'm going you. with the Wolverines So that means uh, I just call and text wild. you Wow, Sekou <laughs> I'm serious I, And I mean that I had, I had to tell my okay. dad that Because he was All texting right. me And climbing When we were losing to Kansas Better warm the buses up It's getting tight in here Blah, blah Call him and my sister I was like, look I love y'all But don't call or text me anymore Until the game is over what happens? We come back. Trey Burke hits the big shot. We win the game. I was like, "Y'all are not allowed to call me ever again or text me ever again during the Michigan basketball." <laughs> <laughs> Who you got,
3: Lane? All right, I'm taking Louisville. Louisville, yeah.
0: The well, well, I don't, I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring any um, ill energy to Michigan because I care about Seku's happiness. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of. The captain of the Louisville ship for personal reasons. Oh. Uh, so that's
1: another podcast. I'm yes, on. it is. Wichita <laughs> State.
0: Uh, um, they got funny math with one out of five. <laughs>
3: chance. Yeah, So I'm not going with them. No, they were like a 4%. 4.7% chance was Wichita yeah. State.
1: So I'm going with the Q's. I'm going with the Q's. With the side nice. cross, as I used to call him when I was a kid, like that zone defense. Yes, no, I like
0: Beheim's chances in, in in the final four every time he gets there.
1: Yeah, right. right. Going with the Q's. Going with the cross, side mm-hmm. cross That's good though. We'll uh, listen. I, y'all don't have to root for us publicly, but cross your toes, get your rabbit's foot. You know what I'm saying? Say a prayer for us. Now I'm trying to I'm trying to experience the championship. We didn't get to cut the nets down the last two times we went to the final four. What, what, like- what,
0: what was that? What happened?
1: Man, come on, man. I'm, no, I'm just wondering. Come on. Da, you know, Don't go there. That's You're I'm talking about opening up old dan, wounds, Rick. Da, 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 <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> you're talking about needing eight years to get over not winning a championship in college. Da, 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 da. Man, that's a da, da, lifetime of pain, me thinking about the, that game we gave away to the Tire Hills. In the fun. Anyway. Anywho. Uh,
3: I hope they have a good cell phone reception in the Georgia Dome because uh, – <laughs> I'm going to light your phone up if <laughs> Michigan gets behind.
1: Don't worry. I'll gather. turn this sucker off before, I, before <laughs> I let somebody get at me.
0: Oh, hey, guys. Hey, hey guys. A, pub, uh, a little public service announcement here. Uh-oh. Uh, tune in tomorrow night on TNT Inside the NBA where Shaq and I will be oh. gathering together again for the first time oh. in performance to discuss the NBA as a whole. We're going to be coming inside the NBA, I love hole. <laughs> the foxhole, <And> the <laughs> foxhole. We are going, and I'm going to be asking Shaq close up and personal on inside the NBA why he didn't thank his teammates. Yes,
1: We'll you ask him to stop clowning my picture too when they? Promote well, I was going to
3: say Rick's going to be there, so when we get to that, when they promote the podcast at the end of the show, Rick, please
1: stop clowning my picture.
3: I, I want to see Rick clown your picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning off. Ask- I you're don't really want to cross the line. I don't want to have to, you know, step over that line and start hating back. So tell so him, Lang, please, stop. Yeah, so,
0: Lang. Do you have any thoughts, uh, Seiku, Do you have any thoughts of what I should carry to inside the NBA on behalf of our powerhouse family here at the podcast? Because
3: I shout <laughs> us out. I
0: shout us out on NBA you TV. You do. All. I know. Yeah, I, you love do. We appreciate I love it. that.
3: If I would say if you're going to, uh, if you, well, who, it's you. It's Ernie, Shaq, and you.
0: Yeah, probably maybe D three. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Okay. I don't. I'm not sure. I know the 3 of us. All right.
3: Definitely uh, definitely don't bring them any of your vegan food cuz they <laughs> won't like that. Okay,
0: I won't. Uh got to talk about our hang 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 time podcast. Yes. I'm, I'm going to angle for a change of photo. Yes. I'm going to definitely go in that, with that. That is, may
1: uh that may already
3: be in the works. Yes. Okay, we, we okay. We
1: need something updated. Um All right. Bring them a can of sunshine from the Bahamas, man. I mean, you know. That's what it. Is. Yeah, bring him some sand. You know what I'm saying? Walk in <laughs> so and throw some sand. sand all over the desk. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that I'm famous gonna, pink do sand. Some,
0: do some voodoo ritual. Bahamian voodoo <laughs> ritual on the desk. I'm pour it on the desk
1: like, brought this from the Bahamas. Flip just. your bragging rights coin on there on the set. Like, flip it right yeah. there on the desk. This is how I pick my game. <laughs> this is how I get down in the <laughs> foxhole. <laughs> you know Jamie Foxx will be calling, suing us for yeah, you know, I know, stealing right? his
0: little. Uh... Well, mine has, see, mine Jamie has two X's in his pocket. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> I, I,
0: I don't have,
1: I have one. We got so. issues, man. <laughs> we got issues around here. <laughs> Excellent job talking to Melo. Interesting stuff. Interesting debate. And, you know, we'll, we'll pick that up again at a later date. You know, this, this idea of how great were you? You know, and what does history tell us about what you did? Hey! <laughs> I'm going to be clowning. It. Hey, by the way, as soon as we hit the you know, as soon as we hit the hit the stage for the final four, I, I told somebody I was like, I'm calling in sick next Saturday and next Monday. I'm just going to call in I look, I'm sick. I ain't I'm not available. cuz I will uh, be in the house. Make
3: sure we have that Louisville uh fight song on cue for next week. <laughs> All right?
1: Uh, we will see you next time on the Hang Time podcast.
0: I don't care what anybody says. I am smarter than a fifth grader.
2: <laughs> Later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. To download
0: more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. And be sure to check out the
2: Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And as always, seikunamata.